The podcast you are about to listen to contains at least one of the following. Strong language, disturbing topics, abusive opinions, generally things that aren't appropriate for little kids or overly sensitive people. So if any of that stuff's going to get your nose out of joint, this is your chance to turn it off. Welcome to I Had to Say It, the podcast where I talk about things that I feel need talking about, and sometimes they're not getting the attention they deserve. And your feelings, they're not under consideration. A few years back, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and we were discussing how the Powerball had gotten to be damn near, it was at like $800 million. It was closing in on a billion dollars. It was a ridiculous ridiculous sum of money if it were to go to a single winner and my friend and I were discussing the way we thought about what we would do if we happened to win it and it was kind of an off-subject conversation for us because normally I don't buy lottery tickets and neither did he but it was legitimately at that level where it was like if you didn't at least throw five bucks in the pot you would feel like a real jackass just because of the waste opportunity, and it got us thinking about things and how much mentality behind that. I read somewhere one time, there was a a quote that said, the lottery is basically a tax on people that are bad with money, and it's not an entirely wrong concept, but I got to thinking about that recently for my own reasons, and I was thinking about that, and a little more deeply it came to me that the lottery... Yeah, partly it's a tax on people that are bad with money. It's, I've also heard similar things that, like, you have to be stupid to play the lottery. You'd be better off investing the dollar, which is a really hard thing to say at this, these days because investments are a lot trickier to deal with. You can't just put it in the bank and get any kind of respectable interest rate thanks to the Fed fucking the economy even harder than they have been. So you have to kind of take a different approach to things, and... I was thinking about the lottery and and how even somebody like me who doesn't normally buy lottery tickets went out and spent $10 on quick picks because it's almost a billion fucking dollars. Why wouldn't you? And that mentality behind that of, I mean, yeah, for me, it was not any, you know, it was not money I couldn't afford to lose or anything like that. But it got me thinking that there are people that are in such a bad financial straits and are so just fiscally illiterate that that is realistically their only hope of ever having anything substantial in their life is to take little bits and pieces and hope they have enough luck to get this random chance to all of a sudden set their entire lives right. That speaks a lot to the way we have taught fiscal responsibility and fiscal literacy in this country. Primarily that we haven't. Most young people these days, they're put through the system and they learn all sorts of shit so they can tick boxes. And one of the problems I have with the educational system in this country is it doesn't necessarily teach a lot of genuine life skill type subjects. It's all about being able to do repetitive tasks and being able to sit in one spot for eight hours and Basically, the modern education system, I honestly believe, is developed to churn out workers, not thinkers. And it's not teaching 
kids the responsibilities that they should know when they are young adults and they're going out very ill prepared in the world because their parents don't have time to teach them or don't have the inclination to teach them or it just doesn't occur to them because they have the same piss poor mentality when it comes to things like that so there this is this does have a point the thing i've been thinking about over the last few days is i'm looking at the trending economic collapse that the United States is facing, the devaluation of the dollar, the fact that they're panicking that people are going to start accepting uh, Chinese currency for oil standards and things like that. You know, the things that are going to make it where the dollar is not the powerhouse on the planet anymore, which is another step in our economic collapse. Um, It's just a simple fact of the matter. So to the listener in my head that is the one I have these conversations with, assuming that they might be asking the questions you guys are asking, yeah, I can hear it now. Aaron, what does that have to do with the lottery? And it's more to do with my thoughts where my I read the quote that the lottery is like a tax on people that don't understand finance. It's It kind of is. The, the odds are so astronomical that of you actually winning the lottery. And by and wide, the people who buy lottery tickets, people who play lottery, are fucking broke. They're paycheck to paycheck they are people that don't i mean you get the the people that do it because you know it's nice to daydream and it's you know a dollar for a chance to just kind of escape reality and think about what you would do with all that money if you happen to get it and at the end of the day you're out the dollar but you got the daydream and if you're a position where being out that dollar doesn't hurt you it's yeah it can be an escape you could spend that money on a shot or uh, on a cigarette or some other vice. And if, you, you know, you're not doing that and instead you just happen to buy a lottery ticket because it's fun to imagine what you would do if you won, more power to you. But then you have the other people, the people that are pinning their hopes and their dreams on winning some stupid fucking amount of money because they don't see any other alternative. They don't have the fiscal literacy to know that they can build a path out of their situation. They don't necessarily have the resources to build the path out of their situation. And so they keep grasping at these pipe dreams, these reaching for straws that don't have any real delivery on them. And like I said, I mean, I'm not completely innocent of this. I I know the odds are horrific, but I've never bought a lottery ticket when I couldn't afford it, you know? I've never bought a lottery ticket instead of paying a bill. I've never sat there and debated between buying five quick picks or getting that extra couple gallons of gas in my car. If I had the money and I didn't have anything else earmarked for it, yeah, sure, why not? If it's some obscenely stupid amount of money where literally everybody in the country is falling all over themselves trying to buy tickets for this, making the odds substantially worse of there being a single winner that gets this stupid payout. Yeah, I mean, the logical part of my brain, I know that's literally the worst time to buy a fucking lottery ticket in terms of odds. Now, the difference is kind of infinitesimal in the grand scheme of things. The odds of winning a lottery, period, are fucking astronomical even when it's a small lottery. And the small lotteries are the ones where nobody buys tickets. Those are where you have the best odds because there are the fewest number of tickets out there for that win. Now, if that was good odds, the lotteries would never get to these stupid amounts of money where they're 
500 million dollars or 750 million dollars or 900 million dollars or a billion dollars it would never get that high if the odds weren't ridiculous of hitting it in the first place i promise this is going somewhere so looking at it from a logical standpoint you have and this is only on the large scale lottery drawings this is not taking into account all the smaller scale lottery purchases all these scratch-off tickets that are purchased every day. And a lot of people do, do that for fun. People that buy scratch-offs are either gambling addicts or people that just are relaxing and having a little bit of fun. Generally, they can probably afford to buy a few scratch-offs here and there. A lot of people that win on scratch-offs will turn that money back over because it's not usually a very big money, but it gives you that dopamine rush of, hey, I won. I made more than I spent on lottery tickets today. I'm up 10 bucks. Awesome. And then they go back and they buy that $10 worth of lottery tickets and try again. And they keep rolling it over. Keep trying to get that fix. It's a dopamine fix. It's also a symptom of fiscal illiteracy. Now, you take those numbers and you stop and you kind of step back and look at them for a minute. And you think about it. At least this is what I was doing this week. And so that's what you guys get to hear about. I was thinking about these numbers. And, you know, I, I don't know how, why. For some reason, I was in a a contemplative mood. I was kind of daydreaming like, what would I do if I actually had fuck you money? If I had that amount of money that would just allow me to be my most genuine self and just tell people to get fucked when I felt like it. And realistically, barring some really random success, that's not going to happen overnight for me. That's not going to happen quickly for me. It may not happen ever for me. I'd like to think I'm going to manage something that will get me comfortable, but at the end of the day, there's no guarantees. It's all random chance. And I don't buy lottery tickets because I would rather try and make my money work for me instead of just gambling that it might pay out, possibly. You know, or I could get struck by lightning twice before I win. You know, good odds. So I was thinking about this and in terms of what would Aaron do with fuck you money, Aaron would set up a nice little compound for himself and his family and friends in the middle of nowhere with reasonable accommodations so he could still live a comfortable life. You know, satellite uplinks, solar power, you know, three-quarters off-grid. Independent water system, well system. Uh, I have lots of plans, let's put it that way. <laughs> and it would probably cost about 10 to $12 million to set it up roughly how I was thinking. And, you know, I'm not greedy. That's realistically, if I could get comfortable and set up where my descendants would be solidly taken care of, that's all I really need. What would I do with the rest of the money? I would probably go out and do random shit that made sense to me to better other people's lives. And that's, I'm not, that's not the tangent I'm really planning on going on on this. This was <laughs> That's more of a side shoot of why I got into this subject that I was thinking about. And... So I'm thinking about the lottery, I'm thinking about statistics, I'm thinking about numbers, I'm thinking about the fact that most of the major lottery winners, when the lottery is like single winner payouts, and they get what should be life-altering money that should make, set them up for the rest of their natural days, you hear just as many, if not more, stories of people whose lives go completely in the shitter when they get all this money. They're miserable, they don't... They, you know, they could be millions of dollars ahead, and then all of a sudden, their lives fall apart. There was one story I read that was 
it was a guy that won, I think it was five or seven million dollars. I mean, and this was back in the 90s, so it was a lot more fucking money back then than it would be today by today's standards. But if you can't live off of seven million dollars in today's standards, you are, again, you have the worst fiscal illiteracy there's possible. And just for my two pennies, if you ever do find yourself coming into money and you happen to be somebody that listens to the show and you want to, other than, you know, giving it to me because I'm awesome and you want me to be happy, let's be honest, that's never going to fucking happen. But get yourself a financial advisor. Get yourself somebody whose living is money that can explain to you how it fucking works. And get a good one. Take the time. Do some research. Don't go out and just start spending and buying all the shit you wanted that you could never have. Exercise a little restraint. But anyway, back to the, the guy who won the $7 million back in the 90s. And he gave a couple million dollars to the church. He had a habit of walking around with a briefcase full of cash just because he always walked around with cash. He just figured since he had more, now he should carry more. He got robbed multiple times. He got he had a, a affinity for strippers. They used to take him to the fucking cleaners weekly. And he had a granddaughter. I never really read what happened to his kids, but he had a granddaughter that he was raising, and she was a teenager, and he gave her literally anything she wanted. New car, threw parties for her friends, bought her horses, bought her all kinds of shit. Shortly thereafter, she threw a party and wound up fucking overdosing. Dead. Dead as a doornail. Had everything she could possibly want. Had a golden life set ahead of her. Started partying because they were basically broke motherfuckers that all of a sudden weren't broke anymore and didn't know how to handle having money. And it wasn't that she was dead because of a particular addiction to drugs or anything. It was because she could get literally anything she wanted because she had thousands of dollars that her grandpa just handed her to go have fun with. And she made piss-poor decisions, as children are wont to do, and reaped the consequences of it. And this man publicly stated that that money, winning that money was the worst thing that ever happened because it took his baby girl from him and just brought out he couldn't tell who his real friends were anymore because everybody had a handout and everybody had an ulterior motive for being nice to him and he didn't trust anyone and uh, now part of part of me when I was reading this article kind of got the feeling that this guy was one of those people that thought the stripper actually liked him but that's neither here nor there point being it was a case of somebody all of a sudden got a bunch of money it was completely fiscally illiterate and irresponsible and ruin their lives within the span of a few years because they didn't know how to cope with having money. Now, the reason I was thinking about this, again, this very roundabout way of getting there, but I'm getting there, I promise. I was reading recently that the government, in its infinite wisdom, is now talking about more stimulus checks to offset the price that Americans are having to deal with by paying at the pump. They're going to tax the gas companies more so they can send checks to the American people to offset the inflation at the pump. Now, the general consensus is that's a bad fucking idea amongst people who understand how finance works. I mean, if you honestly believe the fuel companies are going to sacrifice their profit margins to hand this extra money to the government to distribute to the people to offset the price at the pumps, you're fucking ridiculous. That's not how the world works. 
if they have to start shelling over more money to the government to give back to the people, the prices are going to continue to go up. And when the price of the pump goes up, the price of everything else goes up. It's even the worst of us understand how that works. But the pro- the problem I have with this, the thing where I saw this glaring lack of understanding when it comes to finance and fiscal responsibility is how many people are just lauding this like it's some brilliant fucking idea. Like, yes, give us more free money. They don't understand that the ridiculous amount of inflation that exists right now is a direct result of all that free money that was printed out of thin fucking air over the last couple of years. And it's a ridiculous circumstance. It's 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 going to be a really bad, bad thing if these bills get passed. Now, I'm not saying if I get another fucking check from the government that it, I'm not going to spend the money. I'm not going to I'm not going to go out of my way to look for a way to give it back because it's not going to do any good. It's not going to help. I'm going to try and convert it into something solid instantly before it becomes completely fucking worthless, which is what's going to happen. That's why you need something like 14 million whatever the hell the currency in uh, Venezuela is to buy a five-pound chicken. It's why the money itself is fucking worthless. And it's going to keep happening here. The government is not going to do the things that need to be done to alleviate the problems. They're going to keep making these grandiose gestures that make the situation worse because that's all they know how to do is cover their own asses and lie to their constituents because they want to keep their positions of power. And the masses that don't barely understand how to balance their checkbooks, or honestly these days I don't think anybody even uses checkbooks anymore, but they can't justify their bank statements. They can't pull up their e-transactions and understand what they're looking at other than, hey, I don't make this charge. My, I don't know what inst is. It's interest, you dumb motherfucker. Those are interest charges because you're spending money you don't have. And unlike the government, you can't get away with that shit. So, yeah, we have these fiscally illiterate people clamoring like, yes, give us more free money. Big daddy governments, govern us harder. Come on, make those evil gas companies pay. The evil gas companies aren't going to be the ones paying it. And I don't think the gas companies are evil. I think they're a company. They serve their own interests. They serve their shareholders. That's what companies do. That's the system. Tough shit. They don't owe you benevolence. They don't owe you what you think you deserve. That's not how it works. Nobody owes you a fucking thing. You, the only thing you are owed is the opportunity to go out there and try and take it for yourself. Nobody owes you the fucking results. So... When this, instead of, you know, taxing the gas companies so they can raise their rates more and the price of the pump will go up after these checks are distributed, I 110% guarantee it. If these bills pass, the price at the pump is going to go through the fucking roof. And the assholes in Washington will shrug because it's not like they have to worry about filling up their tanks. They don't have to worry about making sure there's food in their kitchens. That's going to be taken care of. They always take care of themselves first. That's why the congressional staff, not Congress itself, because I've seen this flagged way too many times, like, oh, partially false information or false information. Congress didn't give themselves a 21% raise. They gave their staff a 21% raise. 
because they can't function without their support staff because they are literally fucking useless. Now, you take these useless fucks who don't understand how money works. They know if they throw money at their voters, they will stay in office. That's what they know. That's what they care about. They talk about they're doing it because they're trying to alleviate the suffering of the common man or whatever other horse shit line they're trying to feed you these days. But that's not the case. If the government actually wanted to do something to alleviate the stress at the pump, how about we suspend all the taxes on fuel for six months? Now, that would involve having to cut some pork projects of the government, which they will never fucking do. And they will, if they were to follow the Aaron suggestion of, well, we're not going to tax fuel sales for the next six months. And that could be home fuel. That could be vehicle fuel. That could be energy across the board. We're going to eliminate all the energy taxes, energy usage taxes for the next six months in the interest of stimulating the economy. That would alleviate the burden of truckers trying to keep gas in their trucks. It would alleviate the burden of everyday Joes trying to get back and forth to work that would open up a lot of options in terms of people going out and doing things because they could actually go out and do things and not have to worry about it breaking the bank. Because in most of these states, the price of the gas actually isn't the problem. The price of the gas is a base rate, and then there are taxes included in those prices. In some of these states, the taxes are upwards of 50 to 75 percent of the of the gasoline. I'm sure in some places it's probably higher. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm, a, I'm an irresponsible podcast host. I come and vent. I don't do a lot of good research. I, I tried doing it. It didn't work out well for me. Those episodes were some of the, the lowest listened ones I've had. So I stick with what I do. Not that I'm getting astronomical record numbers here either, but fuck it. This, at least this way I'm happy with what's coming out. But I digress. So government, want to help the people, you want to stimulate the economy, you want to get people back out there doing things, stop trying to push your horse shit green agenda by pricing everyone out of their cars. People that can't pay $5 a gallon for gas can't buy a $60,000 vehicle to get an electric car. Not to mention, they're not going to be able to afford their electric bills, and they're going to get their lights shut off at their house afterwards because not only are they going to be making car payments they can't afford, but then they're going to have to pay electric bills that are going to be quadrupled on, on a good day. On a bad day, they're going to be so much worse. But they don't think about these things, and they don't talk about these things because that just proves how useless their approach is. And realistically, they could cut all those energy taxes out, energy usage taxes, natural gas taxes, the taxes on fuel at the pump. They could cut all those taxes out and, you know, write a budget that they can actually operate within because there's still property tax, there's still sales tax, there's still payroll tax, there's still Social Security to be taken out of all our paychecks. They are still getting plenty of fucking money. They don't know how to live within their means. That's why we're $14 trillion in fucking debt because they have all this bullshit that they insist on spending our money on. It's it's not their money. It's our money. And they count on the fact that people are too fucking dumb to know any better. And people are going to hear free money and, you know, crisis relief or whatever, however they're going to spin it. And the average person was never taught economic responsibility, was never taught how finances work, was never taught how to look at this critically. Not, not Even critical thought in general isn't taught anymore. Echo the facts, repeat what you were told, give the proper answer, don't, don't 
Don't think outside the box. Don't get there without. When they started grading math based on what steps you used instead of whether or not you got the right answer, that's when things really started going downhill, in my opinion. Because you told people thinking it, what how you get the answer matters more than getting the right answer. And that's a really just piss-poor way of looking at things. I mean, there, there are multiple paths to every destination. You don't all have to take the same roads. That's why there's an alternate route button on your map quest, you know? Or, I'm sorry, map quest is old people stuff. On your Google Maps or your Apple Maps or whatever the fuck I, iPhone people have. I don't, I don't know. I've never, I don't think I've ever owned an Apple product. So, And I'm not saying that in a hipster sort of way. I'm just saying I'm not familiar with the operating system or any of the stuff on it. <laughs> sorry. Claiming ignorance. I'm, I'm, I'm a poor. I, I have Android products. But anyway, to kind of bring this back full circle and sort of wrap things up here, the whole thing about it is it's not too late. And it, you can learn financial literacy at any age. It's easier to learn things when we're younger. That's been proven due to neuroplasticity and a bunch of other fancy highbrow, highfalutin concepts that I can't really get into without making this like a six-hour fucking episode. And again, these are things I'm not any kind of expert on. I'm just one of those people that happens to like to read a lot of shit, and I retain some of it fairly well. But it's not too late to learn how to insulate yourself against these things. And I've said it before, and I'm going to keep saying it because it's important. You need to diversify your income sources. You need to do this because it makes sense. It, if you were a business, you wouldn't want to have one customer. Why should your personal income be any different? Why should you not run your life in the manner that successful businesses do? You need to, and whether that's having multiple jobs or having a side hustle or fucking driving for Uber Eats or whatever it is you do to put a little extra money in your pocket, to have that extra income so you can help offset the coming inflation that is going to make the money you already have worth less. It's going to make the money you get worth less because our government and our finances are controlled by people that are worth less. But I, I, I say it half kiddingly. It's the fucking truth. They're all useless. But these are not, that doesn't make the, the actual message itself less truthful, less, less significant. Take the time out there. There are great books out there. There is, I mean, even the ones that are stereotypically pushed, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, there are tons of things out there that are books on financial literacy. Get finances for dummies. There is a four dummies book on how to be responsible with your fucking money. And it's not small. It's like 300 fucking pages. And there's pictures and there's graphs and there's shit to make a little. There's mnemonic devices to help you remember shit. That's why it's a four dummies book. Because it's not a insult to you. It's The simple fact of the matter is we, we weren't taught this shit. When we were growing up, we did not learn these things in schools, even though we should have. So in relation to the subject matter, yes, we are dummies. You can change that. You can make the effort. You can, you can download books off the Internet. It's a magical thing. It's good for more than just looking at naked people and pictures of cats and whatever the fuck else it is people do online. Arguing for clout with people they'll never meet and shit that doesn't really fucking matter. There is a lot of resources out there. That's what the internet was originally intended for, not the dumb shit we use it for today. And I'm saying that without a hint of irony in the fact that I'm putting a podcast out on the internet so I can try and get my point out there and 
vent my spleen so I don't have a fucking heart attack. You know, I'd I'd like to live to see grandkids if if they ever come along. I don't I don't know. Maybe my kid doesn't plan on having kids. I, I'll have to ask him that someday. But I digress. Um, yeah, go out there, do a a quick search. I don't really endorse Google, and now I'm starting to con- uh, second guess DuckDuckGo, which was my go to search engine because they were supposed to be the most open in terms of what you saw results of, but. Now they're saying, oh, well, we're going to work to censor Russian disinformation. So, you know, you're picking a fight. You're picking a dog in the fight. You're no longer the neutral party you claim to be. So I'm going to have to get out there and do some research and try and find a better search engine, I guess. But point being, even if you, you Google it or what, however you want to look it up, if you use Ask Jeeves, I don't give a fuck, what, whatever your engine of choice is, go out there and just look up books on financial literacy. It's really not that hard. Or and I've I I say I've been saying this a lot lately. Go to the Nomad Network, Jason Stapleton. Listen to the Jason Stapleton show. Check out his network. It is a network deliberately designed to enhance and enable exactly what I'm talking about here. It's a bunch of entrepreneurs and side hustlers and people with ideas and concepts that are trying to establish financial independence and they are trying to make their lives better and more secure. And Jason and his people are doing an amazing thing right now where they're giving you access to everything that he has been doing professionally. And he's a successful guy. Everything he's been doing professionally for years and made a living at and made a pretty good living at because he's good at what he does and he's a smart guy. And all these resources that he's been selling access to and and using his skill set to make other businesses successful and he's letting people have access to this for free all you have to do is sign up for the nomad network i'm going to stick a link in the show notes all you got to do is click on the link go sign up introduce yourself say hi say i'm here because i'm not happy with my current financial situation i'm looking to make it better and i'm looking for help the people will help you it's a great fucking group of people They all have a common goal, and that goal is to just have everybody have a better quality of life, to diversify your income. You will find people that have all kinds of experience that are willing to share. You will find people that are willing to share their knowledge with you without asking anything in return. You know how fucking hard that is to find nowadays? These are people that want to support each other, want to lift each other up, want to help each other do better, and that is what you need to do. There are people there that understand shit like financial literacy, way better than I do, that are willing to sit down and talk to you and explain it to you. There are weekly meetings and Zoom meetings and Zoom calls and chances to discuss the good things that are going on and to present problems you're having and to help have people help you work your way through it. And networking. Networking is really fucking important if you want to have any kind of success in life. So... Why not go out there and find some people that want to help you be successful? So, and that's my, apparently it's becoming a weekly plug now to go sign up for the Nomad Network. Seriously, the worst thing that can happen is you check it out, you decide it's not for you, and you move on. It doesn't cost anything, and it's an amazing resource. And you can listen to Jason's program and get actual fiscal literacy from somebody who actually knows what they're talking about instead of somebody like me who is still trying to figure those things out. But 
If you're listening to me, you should probably be checking him out because this guy's really smart and he can help you get where I think we all need to get to be better off. So, yeah, I guess for now, that's what I had to say. Thanks for listening to another episode of I Had to Say It. If you liked what you heard, leave a review, give us a follow, give me some feedback. And if you didn't like what you heard, leave a review, give me a follow, give me some feedback. I'll try and fix it. Check us out on all the social media platforms at I Had to Say It podcast is the trigger for all that stuff for the search term. And if you want, check out the website, www.ihadtosayitpodcast.com. There's links to people that have been involved with the program, things I've talked about. There are some links available for some merch that we're working on, and there are ways to contact us there as well. And thanks for listening, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.